0: Good morning good afternoon good evening welcome to today's episode of musings with jesus my name is shola i'm your host thank you for joining me i hope you're well i hope everything is good with you in your world and everything's fine there's been a lot going on you know in terms of what god has been doing with me in my life and this moment and this season and i've talked about this it seems you know It seems like this is where I need to stay because if you've listened to the last two, three episodes, I keep saying the same thing. And um, the question that comes to mind now for me is, why did I ever think that I could do life by myself? When I think of how many years I wasted wanting to be in the driving seat of my life. Now that I see how God operates, I now wonder, why why did, I, why did I bother myself? He's very capable. He's an excellent driver. He knows where I need to go. He's the lord of the road. He's the lord of the detour. He's the lord of the car. He's the lord of the journey. He's the lord of the destination. The lord of the reason why I'm even in the car everything begins and ends with him why did i spend so much of my life struggling wanting to be in control and then using god as a backup plan so what has happened in my life is that because i have had some epic failures you know and when i say epic i say epic because you know how you can be that kind of person that is very successful in a lot of things things generally work out for you then the the, the 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 one thing that must not fail that's the one that you 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 as said you fail so so i don't even know how to say it it's such a and i'm not just talking about you know there's some kind of failure that are like is an ego thing no i'm talking about it's a life this life failures failures that really affect you that affect you that if you are not careful will affect you know even future generations, you know what I mean. Those kind of failures, there's not a joke. So, that really humbled me because it made me realize that, first of I was not as capable as I thought I was. It made me realize the limits of my understanding and what I could, you know. It was just, it's just been very humbling because I knew that. I mean, this the way this particular situation, which I will not go into detail about, the way it played out, God made an effort to steer me off that path. But in being very headstrong, I went ahead, also feeling like, you know, you know, just being headstrong, that's the only way I put and it. And I wanted God to give me evidence. I mean, this was a thing for me, like, many years while I was as a Christian. I always wanted God to give me evidence. I wanted him to you know to validate and you know give me proof of what you're saying and this is the thing god hardly ever gives proof he expects that you should believe him on the basis of his word alone now it is when that belief when you believe him on the basis of his word that is when as you walk in the reality and the truth of that word that is when the proof and the validation comes that's what i've noticed which is why the people who you know, refuse to believe, they will forever not know. I mean, it always marvels me how people look at Christians or Christianity and they're like, they, they're just deceiving themselves, they're just all of that. Yes, because for as long as you are outside, you will always see Christianity as a figment of people's imagination and all of that. Come into the, <laughs> come into the parlor, do you understand? Open the door, stop looking out through the window. Come in. Jesus said, come unto me, all you that labor and are heavily that I will give you rest. Truly, come into the house. You cannot understand what it means to be a Christian until you come in. It's just, it's not possible. And I think that's what we miss many times when we're talking to people about Jesus. It is an experience. It's like today I went to a women's um, seminar. In, in It's a very big conference in Nigeria. It annually by the biggest women working women platform business women working women platform and i haven't been for many years because it has a big crowd and i'm not really a crowd person i don't really like crowds and i'm also not very good at um forced networking you know what i mean i'm not very good at it i don't and which is really funny because i'm a business owner and i should be but that whole thing of I'm going somewhere just to network. Oh my goodness, I as an I don't, I like to just be like a fly on the world, listen, be inspired and go. So most of these sessions when I go, I don't do that walk the room thing, you know. I I just don't do it. I I mean and that hasn't changed it you know, it hasn't changed. I could literally attend a conference of like hundred thousand people. I don't need to talk to like two or three people, you know, which is really but I, I just don't know, but God, anyway, covers me up anyhow. But what I mean was that, as I sat down in the hall, and I just looked around me, all women, now, I come from a country in Nigeria where the level of misogyny in Nigeria, first of all, the level of misogyny in the world, honestly, sometimes I wonder why God even bothered creating women. He should have left these men to themselves, you know what I mean, as in since they like themselves so much, they should just have, God should have created Adam. But anyway, let me not get off into a rant here. But you know what I mean? So, the level of misogyny, the whole world really doesn't like women. That one, we we get it as in, if I didn't get it growing up, I get it now. Because we see it, how they keep us out of politics, how they make decisions without us. We see it in the U.S. where men are making decisions about birth control, about, you know, how a woman should have a child. Choices about your body. Men are legislating on it while they are living their own issues. Nobody ever thinks to legislate on anything that has to do with a man. But women... They something to control. Okay, fine. I'm not even going to get into all that. But anyway... So just sitting down in a room... As I just sat down... Everywhere... Look, I just saw a sea of heads women... And working women... Business women... Accomplished women... It was just... For me it was just... You know... It was... I was, I was just happy to be there. And i haven't been for a long time but i'd also forgotten how it felt to just be in the room with women because everywhere you go in nigeria it's men all around you they, there's no space as in even though the nigerian women are so aggressive we as in we have to be aggressive because if not these men they, they are ready to if i think they could pass a law that thou shalt not speak <laughs> they will pass that law you know, so if you are non-Nigerian I use, wonder why Nigerian women are so extra please bear with us we are extra because it's a survival skill for us because we live in a very hostile environment in fact the first episode that I recorded on this podcast was titled female in Nigeria and you know it's it's funny I mean I'm in my 50s now I recorded that when yeah I was already in my 50s when I started this podcast so you can imagine when a 50 something year old woman is reflecting on misogyny. So you get to that point, I realize this is not normal. This just doesn't make sense. And a part of me wishes, I wish I had got into um, gender activism earlier and that I didn't pour myself so much into corporate life because I I think I would have made more impact. Maybe also that wasn't really what God wanted for me, but I feel sad that this is the kind of country that we're living for other people. But again, another part of me says, well, this is the world, really, and this is not heaven. So so I say to myself, this is not heaven, you know, because that's one thing, in fact, that's one thing that I'm going to seminary has really taught me. They call it the broken world. And I, I say it, I repeat it now. Anytime I have a, um opportunity to have a speaking opportunity anywhere Um to um, Christians, particularly women and all that, but anywhere, I keep reminding us, because I think we Christians, we need to remind ourselves that we are living in a broken world, and that it will be broken until Jesus comes back to fix it, and that that is why the church is actually supposed to be expecting his return, because the deliverance that we are looking for will not happen, I mean, everywhere around us, we see so much pain, anyway, before I digress, so we're living in a broken world, so for me, just having that experience as i just sat down i just saw a sea of heads. Women. i felt so i don't even know how to explain it i felt blessed i felt seen i felt like oh my goodness it was like i was seeing different iterations of myself at different stages of my life because there's literally nowhere else there are very few places you go in nigeria that you see women you know I mean, when they hold conferences, it's always men, you see, they just put one talking woman there, you know, the National Assembly, it is men. You hardly ever see conferences where it's only women. And of course, for this to have happened, we 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 have to be convening it ourselves. So it's a very exclusive society. So the same way, but what I mean is that I haven't attended in a long time. And of course, not attending, I'd even forgotten what it was like. But for me, going to that conference is just an experience. That's what it is. It's an experience that every woman should have. The experience of being in a space where you are welcome, where you are celebrated, where you belong, and where you can see other women like yourself. Because society doesn't always give us that opportunity. But the point I'm trying to make is that I only felt it as I went in. I needed to have paid my registration. I needed to have gotten up left my house, and walked into the room and sat down. Literally, I didn't feel all of this until I entered the room and sat down. Then it's like I I felt it. I just really felt it. That's exactly how it is when you are, you know, Christianity. Thank you, Holy Spirit, for that wonderful analogy. There are steps. you You must enter the room. You must give your life to Christ. Let him ask him to be your Lord and Savior. Let him come into your life. And then as he comes into your life, he then, you know, you, as in you come into the body of Christ, you, that, you now s- experience what it means to be in that space. And I'm not talking of a physical building. I mean the spiritual experience of being in Christ. Just like I experienced the emotional experience of being in a room full of accomplished, powerful women I mean, you know, that's it. So for me, now that I am in this phase of my life where after got, having come out of a very tough wilderness experience and not yet in the promised land, but at least I'm farther I'm nearer to where I need to be, you know. For me, what is the, 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 the one thing that is different from where I was coming from? Is that God is family in control now? I don't do anything except He asked me to do it. Why? It's not because I've become more holy or more righteous. It's because I have become very weak, and it's not that I consciously became weak. Life happened. Life happened to me and almost destroyed me. And it was God that picked me up. It was God that literally. And you know that picking up? It wasn't like one day He picked me up. No, literally, it's like it was. A, it was a rehabilitation. I'm still even on that re- rehabilitation plan. In fact, this podcast was part of the rehabilitation plan. The going to Bible school, seminary was part of it, and I'm still on it. So, y- y- this is not someone who is who has come out. I am still on the journey of recovery because I was I was devastated by what happened. And you know, like I always say to people, it's not so much because you be like, oh, what happened to her? Yeah, it, it, some. It may, if if I tell you the d- details, you may be like, oh, but that's not such a big deal. Yes it's not really about what happens to you but it's the impact that it had so just like somebody said she slapped there's some people you slap them on the face or you punch them they literally get up and walk off and they move on in fact i've seen a video of one guy that was hit by a car by a bus and got up and went into the coffee shop and grabbed a coffee as in a bus but there's some people that somebody just brushed them with a bike they fell down they died they didn't get up so it's not for you to say that oh It was just a bike. Whatever it was, the impact on that individual was more than the impact on the other person who, by the way, was hit by a much, much bigger vehicle. It was much more, it appeared to be much more life-threatening. But who really cares what happened when at the end of the day, the outcome is worse? So yes, for me, for whatever reason, it 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 was a tough experience for me. So God literally dragged me off the floor. And the funny thing was that what I was going through, I was functioning. Everybody around me thought I was functioning, but I was gone because how do you have a conversation with somebody and tell them what is going on inside of you? How do you particularly when there are people who don't even you they' not even they don't even understand the language of the problem you are going through. You, 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 and I know there some of you if you're listening to this, I know that God has brought you here and you will understand what I'm saying. because there are certain things that is difficult to talk to others about because, they do not understand the language of your pain. Because there is a language of your pain. There's a, you know, there is a language. And I think that's the gift of counseling because somehow God gives the mystery of that language to someone else and the person is able to speak it to you. And when that person, by the unction and the power of the Holy Spirit, speaks to your pain, then healing comes forth because it then becomes a word and season to him that is weary. Thank you, Holy Spirit. It has just helped me understand why sometimes some people are unable to help you when you are going through that, those kind of crisis of the soul, because that's really what I'm talking about now. But so coming out of that, I have now, so because, I mean, it's like somebody that cannot walk. When you cannot walk, you need support now. So before you, you, you get up, you look for your walking stick or you look for your walker. Or you ask for the wheelchair you know what i mean if you have mobility issues so you can't just jump out of the bed with other people do and then you know even how you come out of bed even if you're not using a walking stick or whatever you are careful about how you know you need support let's just put it that way so you know your limitations you know all of that so you ask for help that's exactly how i have become i'm also not as physically strong as i used to be i'm definitely not as emotionally strong so for that reason i rely on him more now here's the thing i am using a lot less of my physical and emotional energy but i am a thousand times more impactful now i am a thousand times i can't even compare and the funny thing is that i even sense that god has not even started with me yet you know that kind of thing i know that this is i am in the preamble phase i know I know that this is just preparation. I know that he has so much more in store. The funny thing is that even though I know he has so much more in store, I'm not, I won't say I'm excited for it, but I am just soaking in the moments, which is a complete paradigm shift from who I used to be. Because before I'd be like, God, where are we going? Now I'm not even bothered, you know? And I think what has changed The holy spirit just flashed a picture in my mind. And I'm going to say, I think what has changed is the difference between when you're in love. You know when you're in love with someone and you're going on a road trip with the person. You will not bother about how long that road trip is. Why? Because you have, you are enjoying the experience of this precious time with the one you love. In fact, you don't want the journey to end. Because when the journey ends, you will have to calm down. Maybe other people will intrude into your, into your time and your space, so, so you don't you 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 don't want this moment to end. And if you have ever been in love, you know what I mean. Those lunch dates that you just wish would go on forever, those long walks at night that you wish would never end. That's exactly how I am right now. So I'm not really worried about where God is leading me to. I'm not I'm not even giving it a thought. <laughs> I really don't care. You know what I mean? I'm just soaking in the moment. I'm, I'm just liking where I am with him. And, um, and, you know, there was this scripture in John where he says, if you walk in the light as in the light, there's no occasion of tumbling in him. You know, so, know so, sort of like saying, God covers for you. I'm sort of experiencing that. And it's not so much that you are not doing anything wrong. It's just that because you are in the light, and I don't even know what does it mean to be in the light, really. It just means that... You are in that space where your heart is right with God. I think that's it. So even when you make mistakes, God has a way of, you know, He just has a way of normalizing or or rectifying somehow. He knows what He needs to do just to make things, you know. And whether it's bringing you to a place of repentance, and I don't really know how to explain this, but yeah. There is no occasion of stumbling. In fact, that's all I, I don't know what he does, but yes, when you walk in the light, you you know you 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 will not stumble. And all this I'm saying it because of what I have been experiencing and how I just see God working. <clears throat> and when you are when things begin to happen in a way that you know, I mean there are certain things that happen to you, you just know that it's God, and that's what I've been experiencing. I, I I'm seeing his hand in my life and i'm so grateful i'm recording this actually at night i normally don't record at night but i haven't recorded in days but i just said to myself you know what it's like the morning isn't working for me now because i'm really really busy and when i wake up i just have ideas and things in my head and i have to get out and do it i'm not always able to do this things so maybe i should start doing nights because i think I, i'm calmer in the nights now yeah maybe that's the thing to do so here i am so um yeah so that's really um how it is and so as you can tell from my voice, it's this is this is new to me. It's not how my life has always been. But this is me reflecting on how God is, you know, what God is doing in my life. I'm I'm just grateful. That's just it. And I will continue to talk about this as I as I reflect on it and and I'm seeing that, you know, like I said, for me it's it's just a better way to live because so it's just a better way to live, and I'm now learning that prayer is about talking to God from the heart. It's not some It's not. It's not a project. It's not a project. But again, I won't say too much because I think everything depends on the situation and everybody's life journey. But um, what I have found, I can only speak for my life. I can't speak for everybody. I found in my life that having a relationship with God that is intimate and is just puts him first and it, it just makes sense. It makes sense. He, he makes things work far better than any of us could and um, he gets things done. I think for me, <clears throat> he just gets things done. I gave a testimony in the last uh, musing about what he did recently about something I've been trying to do for years and how within seven days he made such a big... He just did something miraculous. He, made it, he just brought it to pass. He just made me sure that, you know... <clears throat> I, don't, I don't even know. I, don't, I just don't know. So God is not a fable is what I'm saying. He's not... And I like it when things happen in my life that I know is a miracle. Because he literally woke me up on a Saturday morning, gave me an idea, implemented it. Within seven days, what I had not been able to do for three years came to be. And everything, it looks, it has turned out so well. It's looking so well planned. So, Whereas even the things... That I, I did I didn't even know how to do it I would just he was literally leading me everywhere I can't even tell you, even up to computer programs that I needed to do use tools that I didn't know how to use he was teaching me and I was using it so I was able to run this entire thing make it look and it was so you know nobody would know that I was learning meanwhile there was nobody this was something that I had concluded that for me to be able to do it I would need to have hire someone who knows about it and handheld me the Holy Spirit handheld me through it just telling me what to do telling me what to do telling me what to do why will I not stay close to a God like this it's a pity you know I am I don't I think I need to end this here but I am really growing in my knowledge of who God is he is real everything that they say about God he is he's real there is a God he's real and his son is Jesus Christ. You know what I mean? He came to this earth, he died. Yes, and if we give our lives to him, we'll have eternal life. If you don't give your life to him, you'll not have eternal life. Yes, it is true. It is not a fable. And like I started off my story with, for as long as you are outside, like I was outside the conference for so many years, you will never know what the experience of what it means to be in Christ. You can continue staying outside and criticizing, then you don't know you really don't know it's the truth and i'm not talking church like i always say on this podcast i'm talking the experience the real life experience just like i experienced a room of 1000 women today the real life experience of being in christ by faith spiritually immersed and it's in fact i it's exactly the same thing because what happened was i entered the room and the whole feminine energy you know the whole we're all women you know women with wounds. you know we're all women the whole narrative of what it means to be a woman we we share in that collective narrative the collective persecution the collective whatever the collective glory whatever you may think of the you know I was just looking. In fact, all I was just doing was just all I was doing was just looking at all the women around me. That was all. I was just watching the younger ones. And I would I that was all I was doing. That was all I was doing. So the same way. Being in Christ is an experience. It's an amazing experience. I have come to the conclusion that there are a lot of people who are in church who have obviously not had this experience of being in christ because if you have you cannot be the same people will see it in you people will see it so if you ever run into anyone that is calling themselves a christian they're very active in church and you do not see christ-like everybody knows what i like about jesus is that his pr is very good everybody knows what jesus stood for you understand So the issue now is, so there is no debate, is whether people are saying, oh, is it a true account or not? But that, the Jesus that is Christ, we all know. Because the Bible is there, everybody knows. Healer, you know, son of God, righteous, yeah, everybody knows that. He raises the dead, you know, heals the sick, preaches about God, love, aha, don't turn turn the other cheek, love your neighbor, do good to them. Everybody knows what he stands for. So it's impossible for you to be in Christ and for people not to see Christ in you. And if you are in Christ, if you or I are in Christ and people are not seeing Christ in us, then we know that there is something wrong. And it's not what we say of ourselves, but what people say about us even when we're not there. It's very important. Very important. But I'll leave it there. I'll leave it there. And I I, I I, think it's important for me to do these musings because these musings help me document what is going on in my life at a particular time. And I know that there may be a time, maybe God knows, that there will be a time I myself would need to listen to all these recordings. Sometimes I listen to some of them. But what I like about this, in fact, what I'm most happy about, and I pray to God that my great-grandchildren, long after I'm gone, that there will be men and women that will listen to these episodes and be comforted. They will, will, just like the way the words of the Bible have comforted me, that God himself will speak to their hearts and their lives. I'm praying that these words that I'm speaking, 20, 30, 40, 50, 100 years from now, if the Lord tarries, someone is going to be listening and smiling as I'm saying this because they're going to be like, wow, this was recorded in 2023. And this is now 2053 or 20 or 2153, you know what I mean? That's just amazing just thinking about that. So, just in case people around you are telling you that Christianity is a it's not what it is, it is real. God is real, and he reveals himself through his Savior Jesus Christ. If you believe in him and ask him to come into your life, you will experience what you could not have experienced if you remained outside. That's all I would say. And it's a positive experience, it's a life-changing experience. You will never be the same. And then you grow in the experience of that glory like I am growing as well. So even though I've been a Christian, I am experiencing it more as I'm learning what it means to be in Christ and to allow him to be in the driving seat. So I'll leave it there. Thank you very much for listening. God bless you. Stay with you and have a wonderful day in the name of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen.